ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. so much to understand about birth. I wish as years ago, like my great grandmother, that we all had experiences of being at birth as children to learn about birth in a holistic way in health class in school and to receive good education about childbirth through all phases of pregnancy, as there is so much to understand about your growing body and how birth works to really explore your choices of where to give birth and whom to have on your birth team. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today, Heather Drumgoul, is a magical mother of six, a birth and a postpartum doula, and an aspiring midwife. She believes we can achieve peace on earth, beginning with a peaceful birth. Heather and I met at our Eat, Pray, Doula retreat in Bali, so it's extra special to have you here today to share all your stories about birth and what you've learned. And now as a doula, and as I like how you say, Heather, you've learned the magic of midwives. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much, Deborah. It feels so good to be here. It's so amazing when we get that time in Bali, right? It's just such a great point of connection and really looking at all that birth can be. And I know that you've had just, as I said in the intro, there's so much to take in and you took it in by doing it six different times. Can you take us back if you can to like being pregnant with your first baby and what those choices and information were and how that may have shifted for you along your birthing journey. Yes. Um, so yes, my journey began when I was 19 years old. I was a single mother. I was uneducated and bless my mother's heart. She was a mother of six and as many children as she had, she didn't have her mother. So unfortunately, our lineage got a little shook up. So when I was 19, I, to be quite honest, was not going to go through with that birth, but I ended up having that birth and I'm glad that I did. But she ended up being a non-emergency medical C-section. She presented breach at one of my last doctor's appointments. And I very vividly remember my doctor saying that he couldn't miss his summer vacation in Hawaii. So let's schedule that C-section. And she was delivered three weeks before her actual due date. Again, I was young, uneducated, did not know then what I know now that breech babies turn, there's, they move, there's still time. Through my six pregnancies, I was luckily able to achieve a home birth with my sixth child. It did take number six. I found a midwife in the middle of all of my births and she really changed a lot of things for me. She changed me as a woman and helped me realize what I'm naturally capable of. 
what my instincts were and how to respect them and to take a moment to listen to them. Throughout my previous verse, it was more of my doctor telling me what my body was going through and me just agreeing with it. With my midwife, she took a different approach and began asking me and asking my consent, which was like a big thing before she did anything. It was, may I do this? May I do that? How do you feel about this? So she really helped me open up a door for um, empowerment and seeing that there was another side to birth because because of my C-section, I was considered a like a, an emergency, if you will, because if my uterus ruptured, nobody wanted to deal with that in my county. And so by the time I was on my fourth pregnancy, nobody wanted to Nobody wanted to do anything with that. V-backs in my county were very looked at as not good. They wanted to keep cutting, unfortunately. But my midwife was one that helped me see that my body could still have a baby without having a C-section. She taught me grounding. She taught me to trust myself. She got my family involved. And so it became a family event. It wasn't just me. It was a family thing. It was my children being involved. It was my husband being involved. And that really helped also decide, I don't want to do hospital. I want to see what's out there. And so the home birth was a magic. It was dream come true. I was my own doula because I really wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing, going out and helping other women. And although I had my doula there, she jokingly said to me, Heather, you did such a good job dueling yourself. I didn't need to do anything. And it took six babies to realize, hey, I can do this. And I want to encourage women around the world, especially in the States, that we can do it. Our bodies were made to have babies. What a beautiful way of looking at it, Heather. And a lot of strength. I just want to really honor you because coming from a cesarean birth and a more medical model, it takes sometimes some courage and exploration to be open to change that path. Now, can I ask you, did that midwife support you in any hospital births or just at home? I actually met her when I, um, I was going to have my fourth baby. And that was my first planned home birth. However, mamas, stay hydrated. Because I was dehydrated, I got a fever. So we did have to rush to the hospital. Luckily, this maternity ward had the most amazing nurse midwives I could have ever asked for. So although I wasn't at home, they honored my natural birthing process. It was like I was at home. They were so beautiful. And to have, again, the collaboration with a doctor and a midwife, I don't know if I mentioned that, but the doctor that was there was like, you guys do your thing. She's doing well. I'm here if there's an emergency. And she never really had to be there. She got in there right when the baby was coming and the nurse midwives were like, hey, baby's here. Everything's fine. Doctor's like, all right, let's keep moving. I unfortunately didn't get to do my home birth then. My fifth one was at a birthing center because the place that I was at, I just didn't feel comfortable. We were in between houses. But by the sixth baby, I felt, okay, we can do this. We, I need to do this. It was more of a, a personal goal, I think, because I knew and I know that my work is in birth work. So I felt like the angels and God and universe saying, Heather, you need to know what it's like to have a C-section that wasn't necessary. Understand what that recovery was like. 
understand the difficulties, even trying to breastfeed and care for a baby after having a surgery, and then being able to do it naturally in my bedroom, laying back and breastfeeding my son right away. So I want to just open up that world to other mamas and say, hey, although you might see and hear about these hospital stories, there's another side to it. And it's more organic and it's more instinctual. And I feel like it's more joyful and pleasurable because I know my house. I was able to labor with my eyes closed. I was able to go into my shower when I needed. And I think for women having that safety, it, it opens us. It, it makes us juicy. It's a word I found in Bali and it made me feel sexy to be home and free. I had no clothes on. And that's how we should be is birthing how we want to as much as we can. And that's not to take away from emergencies. I respect doctors for what they do. But I beg to differ that there's more, there would be a lot more successful births if we were left alone in pleasure and with love and support than what I'm seeing at hospitals right now with the clients that I'm working with. Yeah. And I really hear you, right? We have a system that can be hard. And I love you feeling juicy and sexy and just to be who you are and move the way you want to and invite who you want to be present, your family, your children. So can you just like, Quick, tell us how did, on that sixth birth, I know people are probably curious, like when did labor start and what were a few other details up to the birth? What were things that supported you or how were your children and your family there? I did realize that I am a woman who doesn't like a big audience. So when I felt the contraction start to come, luckily my parents are, are local so they were waiting and I, I birthed my sixth child actually on their 50th wedding anniversary. So they came to pick up my little ones. I would say labor started in the evening and I know I knew what labor felt like six times before. Luckily, I, I had already an idea, okay, this is it. So I called the midwife and she's okay. When do you need me? And because she lived a little further away, I wanted her close because we both knew with six babies, my labor was a little bit faster. By number five, I had my four hours, my son was out. So this one was no different. I labored, I'd probably say about seven hours, but actively it was about two. And honestly, I, I was standing and I love standing when I am in birth. I love being able to move. I'm a swayer and a hummer. So those were things that really helped me get baby out. And I like to go in between the doors and squat. And the water really helped me as well towards my more active labor because it was really in my back. And so I just needed to calm myself. And these were things that nobody really had to say, but instinct. And that's what I want mamas to follow. Instinct. We know. Babies tell us what's going on and we just need to hear them. Yes, that sounds beautiful. I can picture you swaying and dancing and squatting, right? That freedom of movement makes such a difference. So for people that are listening, now you're a doula, an aspiring midwife. You're really taking not only your own experience, but all that you're learning from so many others that are birthing. So with all that you've learned and that brought you to that beautiful, magical home birth number six, what do you wish you could tell your younger self? What would have 
helped you and really for people today that are pregnant and preparing, what is the wisdom that you wish you had and you hope that all people preparing today could have? I would say due to the plethora of information out there in today's world, social media, educate yourself, ladies, educate. It's more than just having a baby. It's more than it just being a pregnancy. There's a lot, I think, that we need to learn as individuals, as women, and as a culture. I would say to develop what does birth culture mean to yourself? What does it mean to be a mother? What does pregnancy look like for you? What does postpartum look like? And those are words, if you don't know what they are, look them up and make them a part of who you are. That's what I would have told younger Heathers. Do your research. Go and find out what works for you, what feels good to you. Definitely listen to other people's stories, but not only the scary stories, the good stories, because birth can be beautiful. It can be pleasurable. It can be joyful. It can be gentle. We just need to educate ourselves and find what works best for us. Yeah. And I share that with you. I really honor that. I think that old saying, knowledge is power, but in childbirth, it really is. And the lack of knowledge can actually create challenges and sometimes harder labors for people who don't know their options. As you're starting to work with more and more clients and supporting them, I have to ask you this, because obviously we're all about orgasmic birth. How do you feel clients can prepare to bring that joy and pleasure and love and experience what I think is the fullness of birth, really opening to birth and life? I love that question because I love to take this time um, with mom and dad and I tell them this is a test of your intimate relationship. Now that bellies are growing, positions that maybe worked when you were making love don't work anymore. So we have to find ways of getting comfortable with uncomfortable. And so I, I like to tell couples to play with that because I, I want to remind them that you, it was joyful to get them here and it was pleasurable to get them here. And it can be equally pleasurable and joyful to have them come out. And so I love getting mom and dad as early as we can, learning them some dance moves, remembering why they fell in love, staring into each other's eyes, long kisses. And I always tell the dad to really make them feel good. Nobody knows this woman the way you know her, like honor that. And I, I think that also I, I want to mention is we have to honor dads because yes, it's a motherhood thing, but it's also transition for these gentlemen into fatherhood, right? And so I wanted, I would love families and moms and dads to just know that it's everybody. The oxytocin comes from everybody, right? We all need everybody on the same page. So whatever you can do to find joy in each other, whether it's dancing, like I said, kissing, hugging, rubbing, this is the fun time to see what you like and what you don't like because people change. And in pregnancy, women definitely change. I might have liked you to touch my breast at one time, but that might not be where it feels good right now. So let's explore other areas. <laughs> yes, great advice. And I love all that loving through labor, right? As so many of us say is so important. So great advice. 
I also know that you talk a lot about, and we talked about this when we were together too, about collaborative care. I think a lot of people don't fully understand you're either choosing like a midwife and home and then they feel that they don't have more of a team. Can you talk about the importance of collaborative care? And you mentioned a little bit in your birth, but how that's been for you. The piece that really got me was when I went to Bali, I visited Ibu Robin Lim, Bumi Sahat. It is the nonprofit clinic that she runs there in Ubud. And just, it just, I'm speechless to see the magic of these people, the doulas, the midwives, the doctors, everybody has a specific role. And I believe in roles as a people as it is. We all have a calling. We all have a passion. And if we're all here doing that, we're going to get the best result as a people. And if we're all on the same page, the care of mother and baby, nothing can go wrong. But I, I do respect that doctors have a different specialty than a midwife does. And so if there's an emergency, I love that at Blumi Sihat, the doctor's right there. It's not that you have to go far. They're all working together. And I don't, sadly, I'm not seeing that here why can't I have a team like why can't I have a community like it that's how we started was with community of women so we need to go back to that some things never should have changed in my opinion and we definitely need everybody's expertise especially if an emergency arises especially then yeah great and what would you encourage people to ask there to find out if they have that team do you explore that with your clients I do because I do get asked a lot if the if hospital births are the only way. A lot of my mamas are fearful to be in the hospital, to be honest. And so I do like to let them know that there are midwives. There, there are, they may not be covered by insurance, which is something I know we're really trying hard in California and these other states to push for because their services are imperative. They're vital. The type of care that a midwife can give is very personal. I'm still friends with my midwife to this day. It's been 12 years. We just celebrated my six-year or my four-year-old's birth. And it was like, wow, how long we've known each other. And I can't say I know my doctor like that. I just don't. <laughs> so I think that is also opening up women is seeing, oh, there's someone comes to me like, oh, I can be at home and I can be in a place where I feel safe. And I think that is it's becoming more acceptable. And I, especially with COVID, I've been talking to some midwives in my area. That helped bridge a little bit of the gap because they're like, oh, wait, I can be at home and still be okay having a birth. And I think women have to understand that birth is a natural process. It's not something we have to go to the hospital to do. Again, I respect the hospital, but I think of sickness when I think of the hospital. I don't think of life. I don't think of birth. I think of the opposite. So I pondered the question, why is the maternity ward in the middle of a hospital? I don't understand that. Yes, I do try to help my clients know that there are options and they have to be the ones to speak up and say something about it. Yes, I agree so much, right? We have to know that we have choices and that being at home, you still should have collaborative care. Your midwife works with doctors. You have that ease of care as you did in your birth when you needed to go in and have more care, even going into other midwives and having backup systems really work. 
So for all those people listening, I know they're being really inspired by all the little nuggets that you're putting out there from your own experience. But if you had to sum it up in one thing, talking to both women and men, anybody that's pregnant or supporting your pregnancy right now, what would you tell them to do? Check on your mamas. Love on your mamas. Make sure they're eating. Make sure they're drinking. Make sure they're moving. Can I say that? Can we get mamas to move? I really need to see some mamas moving. And mamas, even if it's just a little bit, I, I move. Movement is key right now. Dance the baby out. Dance during your pregnancy. Those are the things that I would really encourage people amongst educating yourself. You just, you got to take the self-initiative. That's where we are. And so do it for yourself and do it for your baby. Thank you, Heather. Beautiful words. And I know for people that are in California, do you want to share where you provide doula services and how people can contact you? Absolutely. I am in California, Tracy, California, in the San Joaquin Valley. If you are interested in some birth or postpartum, I especially love to take care of my postpartum mamas. I am at mymamasdoula at yahoo.com. And my Instagram is also my mama's doula. I love it. And we will put that all in the show notes. So wherever you are, you can look back in the notes and find all of Heather's contact. And I have to give a shout out for all of you that are expecting and looking for education. We have our pleasurable birth essentials. Check out our online courses. We do a lot of work with people all over the world in helping you to positively prepare for birth. And Heather, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your personal journey with birth and all the wisdom that you thank bring you. to birth. Thank you so much, Deborah. It was so good to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. And for anyone that wants to learn about Bali, check in the notes too to Eat, Pray, Doula. If you are a doula or would like to become a doula, are working in birth, we always have advanced workshops as well. So thank you all for joining us at the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. We hope that you'll rate us and give us good reviews. Also, please share your comments on Instagram. We always love to hear what were the parts that you're taking away. And if you have a positive, pleasurable, challenging, amazing, difficult, and orgasmic birth, we'd love to invite you to share your story with us too. So blessings. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Mm -hmm.